Welcome to the Delta Flyers journey through the wormhole with Dax, Cork, Tom, and Harry. Your hosts for today are my fellow Trek actors. First off, we have our science officer extraordinaire, Terry Farrell, Dax. We also have our pilot extraordinaire, Robert Duncan McNeil, a.k.a. Tom Paris, and myself, your forever ensign, Garrett Wong. For the complete version of this amazing version of this podcast, check out patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers and sign up today to become a patron for your extra awesome bonus material. Hello, Terry. Hello, Robbie. Terry, what's been going on? What's happening with you? Well, I went to Los Angeles to be interviewed for the Michael Westmore documentary. Oh, how did that go? Oh, it was so great to see was them. He de- was he there? Oh, you were yeah. together with him? We oh, were in his house. Awesome. I oh. haven't seen him for a oh. while. But you know what's so crazy is it's, well, it's like with us. It's as if no time has gone by Yeah. when you see yeah. each other, right? There's yeah. no skip. There's no... Oh, I feel out of touch with you. No. It hey. feels natural. It's natural. Yeah. It's there. It's and it's, he's such a warm, just mm-hmm. down to earth. He's he's such a sweet man. He is such a sweet man. Did you get to know Mackenzie? You met her, right? At some point? Or no? Me? I, I met her. She was on Terry. our show. Yeah, yeah. She uh, Robbie, was she really? I'm asking Terry. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Did you know you what's ever... so funny is I if I met her, it's when she was really young Probably, and we yeah. were first doing the show. Yeah. Because I don't remember meeting her as a woman. Right. You know no, I mean? no. I mean, when you guys started your show, she was, she was super young. And she reinvigorated the makeup line for yeah. Yeah, the family more brand. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy she did. She's a smart little cookie. But I'm glad you had a good time doing the documentary. That's really good. That's oh, it was so yeah. great. And we had Michael. Um, Michael, of course, Michael was there. Um, Jonathan West That's, and Jonathan our West cameraman was Chris yeah. was Great. there. Um, uh, yeah, I had such a huge crush on him when we were. Who? But jo- he cameraman? Chris. Chris. Yeah. Chris. Well, I don't remember. Which Chris. is he? I'm trying to remember. Tall, Jonathan handsome, West was blonde your hair. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Chris, the cameraman. Chris, the cameraman. <laughs> Getting to see up close and personal. The camera department was always the cool kids. Like, Aren't it they? doesn't matter what show. Camera is just the cool kids. The cool kids. Yeah. yeah. And then the grips are always like the troublemakers. And Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Watch They're out like the, the kids kicking it in the alley, right? Yeah. Playing kick the can. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Robbie. So who are the nerds then? Who are the nerds of the uh, the the film world? We were the nerds. The the actors of the nerds? We had to sleep and know our lines. Yeah, we were the nerds. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Terry, I just want to say one thing that I've noticed when I've been watching some, you know, some of our episodes, some of our podcast episodes, is that your voice is so silky smooth. radio it really oh my god thank you as i was listening and watching i was like wow i've never ever told her this but i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this now so now it's in public record everyone knows that i've i've complimented you the voice the voice thank you that is such a nice thing for you to say yes carry the voice feral it really means a lot to me (laughs) from now on i'm gonna say like robbie that's my new career where's the voice voice Do you know where the voice is right now? You're like, oh, she's in Albuquerque. I know where the voice is. The voice. You know, I had to work on it, though. When I was uh, modeling my first commercial, I had to, they got me a voice coach because my voice register was so super high. Oh, it was higher. 
Oh, oh I was so Lord. insecure and nervous and just oh, as a person. Yeah. I, yeah. Very. Uh, oh. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. Um, so then my first commercial was Maybelline, but mm-hmm. I kept w- expert eyes. Uh-huh. But then I kept on with the voice lessons because I had this audition coming up for a show called Paper Dolls. Right. Oh, sure. So when I read for the TV movie version, which Daryl Hannah and uh, Alexandra Paul did. Oh, wow. um, I wasn't quite ready. So I stayed in acting class and I did my voice work mm. and what um, would they do yeah. do you remember in voice work or like what would you do would oh you do, like, it's so hard because i reciting I things well. or yeah singing singing oh singing voice work wow yeah to try to get my register lower but then i think acting classes also happened to yeah. uh, help too to be yeah. speaking to the back of the room and because the teacher knew that uh, the series was going to come up for me to audition for like, you know, when they're your agents and teachers are all in cahoots when you're young. So she was really hard on me about speaking to the back of the room. Mm. And I see in these shows, my voice is small. It's more tentative. Yeah. I'm very nervous yet. Now you're Terry, the voice feral back then. (laughs) Well, certainly in the, First season, even in this 12th episode, I feel like my voice, uh, I don't have my voice yet. I felt yeah. intimidated and small and like I didn't yeah. belong. Yeah. yeah interesting. It's interesting, okay. isn't it? It's All such right. a tell, people's voices. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you can tell. I, I know one time I was, um, I was directing this pilot and we had a lot of actors come into audition and one of the producers kept saying after the actors would come and go, they'd say, yeah, that actor just wasn't in their voice. Like they yeah. kept using that as a way to describe if someone was, you know, putting on an acting voice or something that yeah, was just, yeah. she was like- Or just not grounded and confident. Not grounded, not strong, yeah. not not authentic, that they were putting on a voice in oh, some way. yes, yes, yes. Mm. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, that's kind of a drag. A dramatic voice or a, or a whatever. Yeah, I thought that's interesting. We got a couple birthdays to talk about. We have David Buck on February 23rd. Mm-hmm. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, David. David. Happy birthday, we David. We also have uh, Matt Edmonds on February 26th. Mm. So happy birthday, Matt. Matt happy and birthday, David. Matt. Edmonds. Happy birthday, Matt. Yes. Here Put we go with the limerick. I see Terry getting her notes ready. Mm, she has some Terry the poet. Look feral. out! I no, actually... Terry the voice feral. Don't say poet. <laughs> she already has one she, nickname. She could be you more throw than another one nickname thing. in there. So okay. much pressure. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's my limbrick. Here go we go. Me. A secret deal to buy an egg somehow goes wrong, and a twin is killed when the stranger's gun is drawn. But the stranger helps Odo with an escape plan that's so-so. But the changeling wants to know where he truly belongs. I love that you put so so. That's your <laughs> limerick. Yeah. Look at this. Look at the creativity that McNeil has here. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Coming in strong. Coming in strong, Robbie. Thank you. Kicking us off. Here's my haiku for Vortex. Here we go. Here we go. Croden's on the run. Akel wants death penalty. Odo has a heart. 
Oh, yeah. Oda does have a heart. Yeah, that's it. He you does. Know, that I think is the first time I've heard you not make an actual joke out of the whole thing. Me? That was yeah. sincere. I know. Usually yeah, Garrett's right. got like, he's trying to find the, the funny, the funny? version. I'm always usually hurt. trying to find the funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. That's a serious well, it's Maybe especially if you're last. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He always and we both have been finish. serious. And, yes. then, and then I add the la- the funniness. Okay. What do you yeah, have? You right. Terry, Terry, Terry the, the voice, Farrell. Okay. Be kind. I'm not the writers you guys are. Okay. Okay. I love it. He is fragility, Mr. Black and White, confronting a false hope in a gray night. Lies, lies, lies to protect his only daughter. We see the truth and protect the father. He is stronger now, Mr. Gray, black and white. Hope is renewed to fight and unite. Nice. Oh, your okay. poems are very like symbolic and metaphor. Yeah. They're very poetic. Mm-hmm. Mine are just Good like job. little limericks, Good bathroom job. limericks. But yours thank are, you. I have yours are poetic limericks. Look, I looked it up online, and then I thought, okay, what what they said was too hard for me to do. So what I <laughs> I thought I do is write a story and not worry about it rhyming. Mm-hmm. Good. And what I did take from what they said about writing, writing poetry is to talk about feelings and to try nice. to make them metaphors. Oh, so that's oh. why I thought Grey Knight. Yes, black and white. white. Yeah, I like it. Your poetry is more poetic than our poetry. Yes, <laughs> you are the yes, most poetic you actually of all. Are. Actually, you're inspiring so. me to learn something new. And maybe it's you're going to inspire though. us to be a little bit more poetic, a little too, more serious, so. and not so joking. No, mm-hmm. I don't mean you have to be more serious, but it yeah. always makes us all feel good to inspire others, and right? To be creative, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode Vortex was written by Sam Rolf. I yes. want to. I want to comment on one thing. There's no story by. It's just a written by. That's it. Written by. Mm. Sam Rolfe was a friend of Gene Roddenberry's. Oh. Gene had produced a pilot he wrote, I think. And I looked this up. Sam Rolfe, he passed away in 1993. So right around the time he wrote this, he passed, he passed away. away probably that year. So this was his last project that he wrote. Oh, he probably wrote it in 92, probably. which is when we were filming this. Yeah. Probably. Episode 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, in 1953, for his very first screenplay, it was uh, a Western called Naked Spur, or The Naked oh. Spur, nominated for an Oscar. An Oscar. I feel like yes. we need to watch this now. <laughs> the, naked the Naked Spur. spur. The Naked That's... Spur, it's mm-hmm. kind of sharp. Yeah. <laughs> a couple other things about this episode. Uh, Rick Colby. Rick directed this episode. The one guest star I do want to mention is Cliff DeYoung, who plays Croton. Cliff DeYoung was actually in the running for Cisco. What? What? Yes. No. That's abs- so hard to yes, imagine, is, isn't it? You, I yes. love his talent. I really love his talent, but I do not see him as Cisco. As no. Cisco? He was no. considered for the role because, of Cisco okay. for a while. He's not he was physically in the imposing but, enough either. No, no mm-hmm. but in the beginning, Robbie, didn't Cliff? Didn't Cliff's portrayal of Croden remind you of Brad Dourif's portrayal yes. of Suter on Voyager in on a Voyager, way? That's yeah. sort of like, you know, a little manic it's and a little, cool, it's kinda cool. kind of cool. But but also like, you don't know. He's a mysterious, maybe he's going to kill you. Maybe he won't kind yeah. of thing, mm. right? Well, here's the, here's the thing about Cliff DeYoung. Cliff DeYoung, and this totally makes sense to me. He started 
as a rock, a lead singer in a rock band called oh. Clear Light. Oh. Doesn't that make sense? Totally. He, he looks like he would have been a rock whole, star. That yeah. I get. Hair. Not yeah. the captain of the station, but no, a rock yeah. star. His whole physicality, too. He's very fluid. Let's talk about Randy Oglesby. Randy mm -hmm. also, Randy Oglesby plays the uh, uh, really pissed off Akel in here. He's the one that wants Cliff dead. He, he wants the brother, some, the twin brother, know, oh, okay. twin brother who survived. Yeah. Randy yeah. Oglesby also played in Counterpoint on Voyager. So he really? was on our show. Yes, he oh, played no. one of, do you remember in Counterpoint? This was the, these were the aliens that, um, that kind of came on our ship and they were looking all around to try to find uh, the telepathic aliens. Cause anyone with telepathic oh, yeah. abilities were considered yes. evil, right? Well, certainly dangerous. <laughs> I don't want to be around a telepath. I don't want anybody to know what I'm thinking. The pitch for no, Counterpoint is basically sort of a World War II, you know, they said um, Voyager is hiding the Jews from the Nazis, and that's yeah. what it was. And so the Jews were the telepaths, the Nazis were the Counterpoint aliens that came in there, that one guy that was kind of um, romancing Janeway at the same time, very militaristic, yeah. if you remember that. Randy Oglesby is the lead telepath uh, alien, so he played that. Okay. Of course, right. we have Max Grudenchik, also uh -huh. as a star, Gordon Clapp, Kathleen Garrett. Kathleen Garrett, interesting enough, she plays yes. the Vulcan, com oh. uh, the Vulcan commander or captain yes. in the, towards the nice end. Nice to see a Vulcan in this episode. Yes. That was nice. She also played in Voyager where she impersonated Janeway. Oh, God, I remember it, that woman. But not the I one. Remember no, 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 hold on. No, no, not oh, the not one the that comic was, one? not the con one. No, the one oh. from the play. The one that the play, the remember there was oh, a the yes. there was like an old Greek tragedy or Alana something. Torres is, tr is yes. stranded on the planet. Harry somewhere off on the planet somewhere in the Greek tragedy. She portrayed Janeway. I just love that that a lot of these actors moved around all the different they shows. Sure just like Armin yeah. was on TNG or they you sure know. did. Yeah, yeah. I well, love he that. was the first one. The first for us, Ferengi. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the first person cast for Deep Space. Right. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The other interesting fact about Kathleen Garrett is that she acted in Robert Beltran's production of Hamlet that he threw oh, on. Really? In. Yes. So it was That's like, funny. what? Like, this is, you know, all these little connections here is cool. We also have Gordon Clapp and Leslie Engelberg as the other credited guest stars on there. So okay. that's it for our guest stars. Yeah. We start out with a, uh, Exterior shot of DS9 and then right into a scene with Quark and Odo in Quarks. And Odo comes in and orders his usual, which is nothing, uh, which is funny. Odo brings up the uh, <laughs> the Mir Mirador. See, he said Miradon in the beginning, but it's actually Miradorn, right? There's an R in the end. It's Miradorn. Is there? Some, I don't yeah, know. but I it, thought it, so too. Yeah, it's Miradorn. Miradorn. Because I, yes. Someone I, said Miradorn. Because I remember the, thinking Michael Dorn. Dorn. Right, that's what I said too. Right. Miradorn sounds so close to Michael Dorn. So let's just say Odo brings up the the Michael <laughs> Dorn ship that arrived recently, and he thinks okay. that Quark is up to something, and that he's in cahoots with the Michael Dorn. But the reality is that Miradorn, Miradorn. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm doing it on purpose. I'm messing with him. Right. Um, Odo also notices that another newcomer keeps avoiding his gaze. Quark looks over. Who looks says, like a rock star? <laughs> yes, he does. Quark the rock looks star over in the, the corner. Rock star. Yeah, he was says, handsome. Yeah. Yes. Even says, with crazy uh, makeup. Exactly. Now that's something. The Miradorn twins that walk through. They're the same actor. What? Right? No. Are, no. Oh, no. I think that's, what it is. that's where the credit is. Akel was credited as that, that actor and Mo Rokel is credited as that actor as well. 
Wow. That's what that's, it said, Robbie. I don't know. If that, that's why I was going to ask you how they did that. How did, how, they cro- did, how did he cross him like that? It was a special effect. Then they would have had to shoot him and then have him leave, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shoot empty and then yep. shoot with the other, with himself in a different position and then crossing. Wow. That seems so complicated. It is. And it certainly was then because, you know, yeah. it was yeah. new. You guys can verify me on that one. But when I looked it up, it said Roquel Akel, played by Randy Oglesby. I'm thinking that you're right, because I know how they did it with me. That's what it says. There you go. On this right? spot. I, they do it with I me later. Know. Okay. And that's what I had to do. Okay. So, I, yeah. There you go. All right. All right. Okay. If you say okay. so. But I think it was an, an a stuntman that had to take the shot and fall down. That's what I think. Okay. All right. Did he ever speak? Did his brother ever speak? Well, 30 years ago, do you think I really remember? I know. (laughs) Does any of us remember? But when they come come into Corks, when they they walk through Robbie, they both cross cross each other. Yeah, but here's what I'm getting at. You're saying that's no problem. Mm. That's yeah, you could do that. that. But they both speak in in the. uh, I don't think they do. Yeah, they do. I'm looking at the script. They do. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the script's thing. off because I think they, we should do a whole episode Wait. of this podcast about. Did you hear what I said, Randy what? Oglesby? What? What? What'd you say? That you shoot the him in the you know twin yeah, number position. one, yeah, 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 then yeah. nothing, and then yeah. twin number two. Talk. Of course, yeah, they could do it. I'm not saying it's impossible. It wasn't. Yeah, it just seems. You- you guys Simpler are just to cast a different actor and have it seems I don't know why they would no. cast you know why because they wanted what? identical twins and it's probably not that easy to find ones find... that can act really oh well. exactly so they and they cast the best maybe. actor for the role and they just said we're going to use and they want to be tall and good yeah. looking because it's our show yeah that so does make go. sense actually maybe in the close up he played both roles and in the wide shots, they had someone someone else dressed like him close enough. That's I'm going to put money on that. There you okay. go. That's yeah. Because All also right, remember how fast it is. You cast, you don't yeah. have that much time to cast. All right. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's get back to the, the, the scene. Quark tells okay. Odo that rock and roll Croden who came from the gamma quadrant is harmless. Yes. And that's yes. when the two twinned Miradorn, the two twin Michael Dorns arrive and Odo makes more assumptions. Quark gets really frustrated and tells Odo, the freeloader, to either order a drink, play the tables, or get the heck out of Quark's. And that's when we see Quark kind of like, you know, walk up to Rom and whisper, whisper to Rom, yeah. prepare the special drink, which looks a lot like grapefruit juice. And yes. uh, <laughs> I will, uh, oh, I love the growl. The growl that Quark gives to Odo at the very end of that, after he whispers to Rom, he's like, ah, like he just does a funny little growl, which I did not expect. And it's funny because Armin mentioned that, that when he was on next generation, he had this kind of like Ferengi sound he did. So then he did it in the pilot of your show of DS nine, but he said, I never did it after that. Well, he said he starts pulling it back is what he did. I think this is the pulling of the pulling back and still a little bit up there. Right. A a little little bit of that, but then there's a close up of the, of Rom placing the, the, the carafe and the the glasses. And then you're thinking, why is there so much emphasis on this scene, but then you realize really? later why. Are you yeah. thinking that? I, or no, are you thinking like, I wasn't. Okay. When I first we watched it, I was like, that's weird. But then I was like, oh, I know what's happening now. <laughs> so uh, Hollow Suite is the next location. That's where the secret meeting is. 
Quark is yes. indeed meeting with the Miradorn twins. And he says the uh, the buyer has backed out since the artifact has been deemed stolen goods. This is a, like fancy egg. It looks like the it looks like a, is, a, like a Fabergé, Fabergé egg. Fabergé, yeah, Fabergé it egg. It's super expensive, and uh, oh, the twins right. are not happy. Okay, but couldn't mm -hmm. you tell, like, right when he was explaining? I'm like, oh, this is a double cross. I don't know no, what's yeah. going to happen. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, he's really good at that lying where. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, the lying where yeah. not everybody gets it. Yeah. Yep. Double cross about to happen. Yeah. But it's still so hard for me guys to watch, to, to watch Quark knowing what, what I know about Armin as a person, as a human being and to watch him be so diabolical and devious yeah. is like, Oh dang it. That's so, yeah. but then again, so, that shows so how good, such a good him. actor. <laughs> don't, yeah. trust don't, trust him. <laughs> don't trust Armin. <laughs> Oh. Uh, good liar uh in the midst of this uh you know this debate about whether they're stolen goods or not rock and roll croton shows up holding a it frankie phaser and says give me give me that i want that now and then a fight ensues everything goes crazy glasses get thrown and broken and now we realize yes. one of the glasses was odo odo reforms into his human humanoid self uh and i love it how he disarms croton and then quickly just Gives an elbow to Akel, who is charging. He's very at strong, Odo. He's, yeah, He's just, just I one thought little, the same thing. I was like, well, man, you're like Renee Superman. Was pretty strong, anyway. Was he? Yeah, okay. he was a substantial guy. He yeah? he did yoga every day. Hiked all the that. time. Yeah, wow. he was very wow. fit. Wow, and tall. Yeah, he's a yeah. tall guy. Yeah, yeah he wasn't mm -hmm. scrawny. He was no, you know, a man built yeah. like a solid guy. Yeah. Well, one of these twins is dead. So one of the twins. So now uh, Randy Oglesby is only playing one role. Yeah, he's, he's no longer play playing one. two roles. Does Ooh. he get built? Did he get two paychecks for this? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. Is it possible? Maybe. Mm, okay. I didn't when I played two of me. Let's yeah. see. Okay. Um, so, yes. So Roquel is dead. And uh, Bashir comes in and arrives to confirm. I love Bashir. Your team Bashir, Robbie. No lines Bashir. from Bashir in this scene. No. Bashir looks up at Odo and just nods like he's dead. Gives the yes. the, the nodding confirmation. Head, the yeah. old, yeah. Yeah. No, he's not alive. The too old. late. Yeah, too late. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're in the security office. Akel yes. tells Cisco that the twin Miradorns are essentially one being and that he is now incomplete and that Poor he wants guy. revenge and he wants Croden dead. Cisco tells him that they will deal with Croden in their own way and orders Akel to return to his ship and wait for possible further questioning. Mm -hmm. Akel does leave the office, but when he leaves, he, he kind of, as an actor, he chose to throw in this affectation like he was the hunchback of Notre Dame, sort of like, yeah. I'm only half a man now. And he kind of like leaves in a weird ass way. <laughs> That's funny. It was a very dramatic walkout, but I didn't make the connection like he was injured in some yeah, way. And I just I just thought I, it was a dramatic alien walk. Yeah. I, and I think, unfortunately, they didn't say. Yeah. Because he doesn't carry it throughout the performance. So there yeah. was that feeling of. But yeah. I didn't like, like he did because... it for that one scene and that was it. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Like if you're so... if you're that compromised where you're because half of your being is gone, you be you better be hunchback for the rest of the show. But he wasn't. Yes. He was totally no, okay. and that bothered so... me. And I couldn't mm. tell if it was the writing or the directing, or the... but it yeah. was just well, yeah. yeah, we don't know who what it was. It, it could have been Rick saying something. It could have been uh, yeah. Randy saying like, "I'm well, gonna, I have to do something." This could have been too... an early scene too, shot at a different, out of order, whatever. We don't know. So. 
We don't, but here's the thing too. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work and then you're painted in that corner and it's too late to reshoot, Mm -hmm. then it's just SOL. Yeah. You are SOL at that point. Yeah. Right. Actually, I was thinking when he did that, I didn't know he gets shot. I thought it was just the other brother. It looked like he was injured. Exactly. Exactly. I guess it ricocheted and hit him too, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, how did I miss that? (laughs) Cork and Rom are also, you know, they are also in the security office and they decide that it's time for them to leave. That at Cisco's like, well, you can't really hold them. They they're they're fine to go, right? But as they're leaving, Odo kind of says, curious that Croden was using a Ferengi phaser. And, uh, you know, uh, Armin immediately says, Armin, I'm saying his real name, Cork immediately says, you can find those anywhere. And then, oh, also interesting that he knew about this meeting that you had to buy the Fabergé egg. And again, Cork shrugs it off and they leave. But we know something's up. Well, he also says, you know, to Odo, Hmm. as you were there, I argued that it might have been stolen. That's right. He mm-hmm. does say that. He goes in his defense. Yeah. In his defense, like, he goes, I was saying it was a stolen goods. I wasn't going to take it. So, but then you could but, also see how he was trying to just cover for his big fat lie. Yes, most definitely. And also, Rom in that scene, he he gets really indignant and he says, "How dare you?" Oh, does he suggest- stand up for him? Yeah, he this is literally the says. Scene. He admits it. He admits it's like, shut up. How <laughs> dare you accuse my brother of doing yes. something secretive like yes, double crossing? Exactly. Because that but is exactly nice what it was. But it's nice to see Rom because it's like he's he yeah. wasn't there at all. And then I know he snuck in and now he's in. Now yeah. he's in. Now his brother's there. So it's yeah. really nice to see Max. Yeah. It's nice to see Max. Like this is the most that I think Max. Max has done in the series so far. He's really, yes, starting to become part of the the team. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see him, but it's it's tough to watch how how harsh uh it's painful. Yeah, it's painful. We are in the detention cell. Croden asks right off the bat, don't you feed your prisoners? He's hungry. Cisco tells Croden that there will be a trial to determine. Well, he's got food there. I was trying to figure out. There's no food food. there. There was no no food there in that scene. Oh, in the next scene? Yeah, because he says to him, he was like, I'll tell you about where the changelings are if you tell me, if you give me some food. Oh, that's right, because he gets the food food. later. Mm -mm, That's right, he gets the food He just doesn't finish it, so that's where, like... Yeah, then you see what's in It's like an empty plate. Well, no, there's some stuff on it, though, right? There was some stuff on it. like a little oatmeal or something on it. It's gross. But in this scene, yeah, he... Yeah, there's nothing. In this scene, it's all about his hairdo. His He's got B. Arthur hair. Right away, I was thinking, why did they let him have his necklace? Don't they take all your stuff from you? Yeah, isn't that like a... That could be used as a weapon or something. But I watch a lot of TV. Yeah, they take all your stuff. they take your stuff from you. They do. They do. Cisco tells Corden that there will be a trial to determine his guilt or innocence and that he can be assigned an advocate or he can request one from his home world. Now, he immediately says, well, I don't think anyone's going to care for my home world at all. And I have no choice in doing what I had to do. It was kill or be killed. He points at Odo and says that if he had Odo's skills, he'd have no problems at all. And he refers to Odo as a changeling, which immediately gets Odo's attention because I don't think Odo's even heard this term. No, this is right? yeah. the time. very first time. I got that impression too. Yeah. He's a shapeshifter, not a changeling. And Odo asks if there are other shapeshifters in the Gamma Quadrant. Corden says um, that they haven't come through the wormhole yet. I mean, I, I, I'm i assuming that they've already come through because since I've seen you. And he says, uh, if he's fed, he'll tell Odo more about where he met the last shapeshifter that he met. I like that uh, when Odo 
Odo accuses him of lying. He says, well, maybe I dissemble a little. Yeah. Because they talk about, he talks yeah, about dissembling. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I dissemble. Lie is a very harsh word, but yeah. <laughs> dissemble. Dissemble. That's a great, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to use that. That's a good one. He's very smooth. Yeah. Very smooth. We're in the commander's yeah. office. O'Brien, Dax, and Kira are in a discussion with Cisco about whether or not they should contact Croden's home planet. Cisco orders Kira to beef up security for Croden mm -hmm. just in case Akel tries to exact vigilante justice. One thing in this scene that's interesting, because mm. I, I, I always get the scripts of the episodes and I look at, you know, compare it to what we're watching. Mm -hmm. This scene, the original script, Bashir was in this scene. Yes, because oh, really? the line that you have, um, yes. that you have Terry, that first line, it says O'Brien. It says sorry, Bashir's name on that in the script. So oh, either yeah. either that he was, was sick, maybe, or or Robbie, that was incorrectly written by the fan that put this stuff out. This is not put out officially by CBS Paramount, yeah, right? Maybe. The script, maybe. so it could have been that he he wrote it down incorrectly. But yeah, originally I guess Bashir was in the scene. If we go yeah. off of that, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that maybe. stuff happens. Maybe they would have had to force. Uh, push his call right. and then they just yeah. gave me his lines and took Easily. him out of the that, scene yeah that could yeah. happen yeah oh 100 percent. although he wasn't really Bashir wasn't in this episode that much so i'm no. wondering no. did he would he have gotten a force call i doubt it you know so uh who knows but, i don't know yeah. you know what i've gotten force calls where i sat where even all though you day were, and didn't and do, did a do a thing. thing yeah so maybe maybe you're right and then you were it's feeling great until then you have a force call then and the next morning call. you have to do all the you know, <laughs> Yes. And a forced call for everybody listening, a forced call is when you finish one night and you don't have the full 12 hours to come to turn around and come back to work. So they're supposed to give you 12 hours or give the actors 12 hours. So if you wrap at nine o'clock at night, you're not supposed to be back till nine o'clock in the morning, but often they will shorten that time and they pay a small penalty yeah. for that. So. Yeah. And a nine and a half hour turnaround is the shortest you can make it, but yep. it doesn't count you driving back and forth, taking your make yeah. makeup off or learning your lines. So my yeah. nine and a half so, hour turnarounds would be basically like an eight and a half hour turnaround. Yeah. So how could you possibly ever get enough sleep? Get enough sleep. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're in Quark's and Odo interrogates Quark about what he spoke to Croton about. He wants all the details. Their conversation mm -hmm. is interrupted when Odo is hailed by one of his security staffers that Akel and his crew are standing outside of Odo's security office. So Odo says, uh, you know, let me handle it. I'll be right there to deal with Akel. By the way, in this scene, Odo first names Morn. For the very first time, Morn mm -hmm. has a name. And I love it how he says, keep your mouth shut, Morn. I love that. Yeah, big, your mouth, big shut. mouth shut, which is hilarious because he never speaks to yeah. have that line, which is very funny. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're now, we're now in the promenade outside the security office. Akel wants justice. Odo orders Akel and his motley crew to return to their ship. Did you notice that? None of the members of the, of the Michael Dorn ship look like Michael Dorn people. Did you notice yeah. that they were yes, all? Yes, they didn't completely... have any. They no makeup no. really. They were like yeah. they, they had no money to put the same makeup on uh, Rangles, Randy Oglesby onto the crew, so they just made them this motley crew of random mercenary aliens. Since they doubled Randy Oglesby as the twins, they should have made Randy Oglesby every member of the crew. So oh it was my like, gosh. Made like twenty of him. <laughs> 
Well, it is kind of remarkable because were they not a first contact species or was it just Croden that was the first contact species? Yeah, you're right. I think they both were. I think they both were. Yeah. So that was, that's, um, there are a couple of things that that. are kind of about this episode for me. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Me too. Details. Okay. Well, we are back in the detention cell and Croden has eaten. This is where this is where this food is. That's where. I was trying to figure out what's on the plate. At first, I thought it was a fried egg, but then fried- later, he's, he's <laughs> he eating it. He dips into it. Yeah, yeah, he dips into it, so and it's like, like that's not a cream of wheat, maybe? <laughs> Oatmeal? I don't know. It looked like fried gruel. Egg. Gruel. <laughs> gruel. Yes. Gruel. That's a funny word. Isn't it? This is a scene where he shows Odo this locket from yeah. the colony of the changeling. And he opens up this locket, and we see there's a, a stone in, the, in one side of it, but that stone now takes shape. It forms into this shape and then it, it goes morphs. back down. Yeah, it morphs and it returns to its inert state. And now Odo's attention is just, he's locked in on this. He's like, what? He has no, he's really, really shocked by this because he thought that, you know, this whole time that that uh, Croton was lying, right? So this is the first instance of Odo being like, wait a minute, you got me. Uh, that's not mm-hmm. a parlor trick. That's a real deal. You know, I don't know what's happening, but I got to investigate further. I think he's so smarmy, Croden, that mm. even though I'm sorry, but it looked like a key right away. Yes, to it me. did. Totally. Right. Like so not it was to, like. Not to me. I didn't know what it was. I was like, why is it doing that? Because it didn't. It was just like. It just it looked, looked like a, a key to me. It like formed into a form. You thought it was a key looked, immediately. Yeah. Both of you like thought a, it was a yes. key immediately. Yeah, a circular yes. key. And then it just disappeared. You know okay. what? Can totally. I just say, Garrett? Well, that's good for just you. That's how our brains work. <laughs> it's all right. a so detail. You guys, all right, fine. It's a detail that I found like. Mm, yes. So fine. Terfair and no. Romic can see <laughs> keys. Gawa cannot see a key. Gawa, all I'm saying is if it morphed into looking like him like or, him or like a Odo yes. or whatever he was mirroring, yes. then it would have been like, ooh. Yeah. It should have morphed into the DS9 station. That would have been cool. I also didn't trust him. I I no, simply I totally just did not trust him. trust him. And it felt mm. like it was uh it would just felt like he was seducing Odo. Yeah, that's yes, it did get it felt, his way. It, it yeah. felt a little that's what he was doing. And it's interesting you say that he's he plays like seduction a lot as an actor, I guess. Maybe it was written no, that way. He drew upon but his later rock star on. Ways. Maybe it's just the rock star. Like, that's what that's it was. the intention. It's, that's the verb he, he was working. Right. Yes, was yes. That, he was he was you. he was doing his Jim Morrison. He was like, I'm going to get you into which my I got to say later know? on when he yeah. opens up the. The the stasis chamber yeah. it creeped me out a little. Like, yeah. That, oh well, let's talk about yeah. that when we get to that. Yeah, we get there when we get there. But we get there when we get there. But yeah, right. at this point, he mm-hmm. is seducing Odo in my eyes, and okay. I still don't trust him. Even though, yes, yeah. I went wow, but yeah, I don't trust you. You still, yeah. you're still okay. scary. Exterior shot of the Rio Grande at Impulse. Now we're in the Rio Grande interior. Dax and Cisco have arrived. Here you are. You're in the Wait, scene. Wait, can I say one more thing too? Yes, go. I love the exterior shots of the runabouts in this episode. Mm. Yeah. All yeah. of them. It just, it was so much fun to see it isolated in space. It just made it feel real to me. Like it yeah. felt like I was more... Um, watching another world getting to see it from that point of view yeah most definitely well you guys have arrived at planet 
is it rock rockar or raktar i'm i'm just i wrote down rockar here but I wrote Rakar too. Yeah, it's Rakar. Yeah, Rakar. Somehow I said Rakar earlier. All right. So they are at planet Rakar and they hail the Rakar. Hadron, the exarch of the Nahelic province, responds. He wants Croden returned immediately. He is an enemy of the Rakari people. And well, Cisco basically at the end of this conversation agrees that fine, we will return him within 52 hours. This is what, what's going to happen. Because the Rakarians are saying all of his crimes supersede anything that he's done on the station. So he needs to come to trial and face face the music here on his home planet and not on the station. At the very end of the scene, when Cisco says, expect him to return, we'll bring him back. Mm -hmm. And they sign off. I loved how this actor who plays Hadron or whatever, instead of like pushing a button to turn off his video, he did this sort of he did like a weird <laughs> finger thing. I didn't see that. that was, I was like, what is he doing? He, oh, yeah. Yes, he he just sort of like waved and did a finger thing. I don't okay. know. I think it, it was for his way of doing clap on, clap off. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I liked it. For those of you who are just listening and not watching Robbie doing that, he did this really weird flourish with his hand. It looks like a magician's A move magician's like, yeah. yeah. It was very Alakazam. Cool. Alakazam. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. Clearly, magic is a big part of the Rakari people as well. So. <laughs> he does birthday parties yeah, on the side. Parties. <laughs> that is not, not only is he the exarch of that province, he also <laughs> does children's birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. Magic is what yes. he does. Okay. Tadrin. We're in the infirmary. We we have Bashir, and he's examining Croden's necklace. Mm -hmm. And he says, I have only seen one life form that even remotely resembles this. And it's Odo. So now, again, Odo's just yeah. transfixed on the screen. One thing I'll say about this scene, it's the only scene that felt like classic Rick Colby direction to me. The way the oh, shots were. Interesting. Yeah, it's it, this episode didn't feel like Rick was doing his hell? typical stuff. Yeah, hmm. and I love Rick. I think his work is great. Me too. Right? But this one, right. this one didn't feel that way to me. It felt like. He could Except have for sick. this scene, though. This scene yeah. was the one. Except right? for this scene. This what, scene. What, Talk about it. Like, what about it's this scene? It's just the way it was staged. That it was, you know, one shot, one person handed off to another. Mm -hmm. It was just staged in a way that it was visually more dynamic, in, in my opinion, than okay. the rest of the episode. So was, all the blocking sort of kind of made the camp, it made the eye move with the camera, basically. Yes. Right? It yeah. flowed, is what you're saying. Yeah. That's the typical I Rick like that when that happens. I want yeah, to say one thing about this, though. Yeah. Um, not in terms of Rick, but in terms of the stone, when mm. Bashir said this could be a very distant cousin to you, yeah. oh, right. then for me, that legitimized, oh, that is something real I have to think about. Mm -hmm. The Croton is the liar, the but, but, yeah. but it's a white liar. No, I don't think he was a white liar, but I did think that, you know, there could of, be, mm -hmm. there's a little spark of hope that there was something to what he was saying. Stepping back for a second. Did mm. you believe that Odo would be willing to do compromise who he normally is as much as he did in this? No. Like, to me, I had a hard time buying that Odo was so um, motivated to find out about changelings that he would do all of the, make so many choices that just didn't seem in character to me. No, yeah. it didn't to me either. Yeah. It bums me like, out about the episode because there were things yeah. I visually liked about it, but that 
kind of uh, the gravitas of the character, especially the first season. Yeah. I think they wanted to just illustrate how badly he wanted to know where he came from, but I think they overstepped. I think there could have been a better way to do that. Yeah. I think the need yeah. to know where you're from is is strong. And I think it's fine. It, it I do can too. be played, definitely. But you guys both feel like it wasn't played the correct way in this episode. In this right? episode, the way that they they unfolded that idea, mm. I didn't buy it. Okay. And it okay. didn't even feel emotionally grounded. Like if you're going to do an episode where a character is, oh my God, there's this thing about me that I never knew. I wanted to learn yeah. about it then do that story where there, yeah. where it's an emotionally based story. A thousand percent. Don't complicate it with the other storylines. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I didn't buy his, his actions and choices as a character didn't seem consistent to me, even though I like the idea of like discovering where you come from. All of that is good. I just didn't think it was well done in this episode mm. from a story. No. Also when he's in jail and when the force oh, field yes. came down, it was like, <gasps> I felt, I felt nervous. Like it felt exactly. wrong. It was just, yeah. Exactly. Stuff like that. Like he's taking the force field up and down and he's handing and he's taking a- That didn't bother me. He, that didn't bother me at all. Left, then in the background, like there should have at stuff. least been a sentry around the door. No, like Odo Superman. Guys. You see him elbow that no. guy in the beginning and take him out? I don't have any problem. We're in the detention cell. Odo wants yes, more answers are. about the stone and the necklace. Corden says that there is yes. a nebula called the, how do you pronounce it? Robbie? Shamra Vortex? Thank you. The Shamra oh, Vortex with yeah. millions yeah. of asteroids. He found the stone on one of the asteroids. He says he can take Odo there. Odo says, you know what? Others must know how to get there. But Croden says the vortex is uncharted. There's no maps about with this vortex. He came across this colony of changelings by chance, and only he knows how to get there and back. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Seems like a con man. Like, I don't buy it. Yes. I'm with you, Terry. I just yeah. don't buy, even though... Mm -hmm. You know, spoiler alert, it turns out that he is telling a lot of true things. Then why didn't he just tell the truth? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that, right. We wouldn't have an episode. Yeah. Commander's office. That's true. Cisco tells Odo that he must escort Croden back to Rakar to answer for his crimes. They talk about avoiding Akel, who has been scanning every vessel leaving DS9. So how can they get around this? Uh, we have a scene in the runabout interior where Odo enters, preceded by a handcuffed Croden. Croden thinks Odo is taking him up on his offer, but Odo says, no, I'm just taking you back to Rakar. That's it. We jump back into ops. O'Brien, Cisco, and Kira are there. O'Brien notifies Cisco that the Rigelian, Rigelian freighter is ready to depart. Cisco says to signal Odo. We have a really cool exterior shot of this Rigelian freighter departing slowly from the station. And as it's kind of just about leaving the station, we see the runabout quickly maneuver under the freighter to sort of hide. I love that stuff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, the space shots were good in this episode. Were all they? The, the vortex, gases, oh. and all that stuff. Yeah, there were some good. Yeah, they were shows. cool to see on stage when you'd see them do it. Did you guys yeah. ever walk by the stage? Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. I only saw that once when they were doing some ship shots, but it was very cool. And the models were really much bigger than I expected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The yeah. Miradorn do scan and they do not notice the runabout, which is what they wanted. So the runabout mm -hmm. interior, we have a scene there with Croden telling Odo what happened to his family. And uh, evidently, I he does it. This is the this is the sad thing. Broden has no idea what the charges were. He just knows that in the middle of the night, security officers came and basically killed his two wives. So now we know they are 
a culture that takes more than one wife. So it's uh, that's interesting there. Um, but both wives are killed, but he ends up killing the security officers for killing his wife. So we don't know what his like the chickens. Is. He describes yeah, it. He, talks about he a, sounds a like a serial knife. killer. You're yeah. right. Yeah, he, he talks about like this knife he only psychopath. used to kill chickens and how yeah. easy it, it was cut to them slit their and... throats. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they set it up too for you to go. Yeah, this sounds so far fetched. Yeah, and creepy that yeah. I still don't believe him. The only thing going on his side right now is that crazy little stone around his neck. Yes, the keystone, the keystone, <laughs> the keystone, <laughs> keystone cops. All right, we're in corks. Rom is thrown into the bar by Akel. He strong arms Quark into giving him information on Croden's location. Quark says he doesn't know where Croden is, but he can find out. And he tells Rom to give him the level four security chip. Now, Robbie, when he said that, I oh. immediately assumed, Robbie, that he was going to pull out an isolinear chip like we use which on Voyager. Which is what Voyager, we saw before. Which is what but, we've seen before. But today, they he picks out like from... It's it's a it's a drawer full of vials of liquid, and he's like, yes. "Hmm, this one looks like it's more full of liquid. I'll give that to to Quark." What is it that? It was so Robbie? inconsistent. What? Well, because remember earlier we talked to Armin about this. He had yes. some secret chips where he yes 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 you know yes, that he yes. had stolen and he used right. them yeah. to look something up. And right. and Armin said to us because I, I remember asking him like, "Did you do that all the time?" And he goes, "No, we never did that. I think this is the only time." Well, yeah. they're doing it again. Well, they'll do it again, too. <laughs> the props department evidently lost their bag of isolinear chips. Their chips so they're different things that he uses. And they're vials of liquid. Did you guys see that? There's liquid, yes, it, right? Yes, they're not vials. Like, which is not, not a chips. chip. It's not a chip. Mm -hmm. No. It shouldn't look like also, that. It should have looked like a, a, you know, a piece of plexiglass, basically. Or something. Yeah, it didn't look right something, from, no. from the way he described it. And also the fact that Quark can get into... Any security, like if he has access that way, why would he ever lose? Why would he ever feel at jeopardy about anything? Yeah. It's just it's, not a good, yeah, no. it's bad. Can no. I backtrack for one second since backtrack. we're on the Cork thing? Okay. Backtrack. There is a scene with Cork and Odo where, where Odo really, you know, kind of sticks it to Cork about yes, what's Quark. going on. And yeah. Cork's like, I can't say anymore because it, you felt like, there's something really in jeopardy for Quark. And mm. at that moment in the show, in Quark's, when Odo confronts Quark. That's the question, about, the interrogation. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's really interrogating him. Yeah, I felt like, oh no, maybe I shouldn't be so mad at Quark. Maybe there's another reason. A reason. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. then nothing happens. Right. So then I thought, oh, it's, is that uh, yeah. a red herring? Mm-hmm. I, is that a red herring? I wonder, I really uh, yeah. Is it the point where he goes, tell me if he talked about any aliens from the Gamma Quadrant? And he's like, no. And tell me about this. No. Like that point where you felt yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. hiding something, right? The very yeah, end of that Yeah, you could tell he's hiding, but it seemed yeah. really like life-threatening to yeah, work. Life yeah. and death, yeah. Where you're just like, oh, is his mom going to get murdered? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. there's some. Yeah, it felt, yeah. It felt like Quark must have a good reason yes. that he's right. involved in all this. But it wasn't. But, yes. He was just but, hiding the fact that he was in cahoots with Croton. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, Which is what we I, find out. But it's it was kind of, mm. it, I felt duped. Yeah. It felt a little, in, this whole episode felt inconsistent with character and even in yeah. within the episode. The way yeah. they behave from one scene to the next. And Sorry. I really don't like overall that Quark is so involved. I don't like overall that Quark is so involved in 
you know, this murder and this crime stuff. Like it just is yeah. not good. Season and one. And that's kind of dropped too. How yeah. important it is that he got murdered? He got murdered. The guy was because trying to steal Quark's the egg and he scam. killed the guy. Uh, okay. And Let's... Quark set all this up. Quark should be responsible for some of this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My question was, why wasn't Croden's Ferengi phaser on stun? Stun is just as good to knock somebody out. You don't have Thank to kill you. somebody. Yeah. But again, yeah. we wouldn't have a story. We wouldn't have an episode if the guy didn't die. So right. I get, yeah. I get it. We could have taken an eye out. Yeah. <laughs> That's my twin. Yeah, 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 that's my twin. I can't then, see. I can't see now. So as Akel is leaving the security office, he walks into the wall because his 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 twin is missing one eye. Yeah, so it's like a Corsican twin. He's the one that could see. I'm the one that can think. He's the one that has vision. I'm the one that has a brain. Okay. And now I can't see. And he walks into the wall. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the isolinear chip, aka vial of liquid, ends up giving them the coordinates. The flight plan, yes. everything of the runabout. He knows where where that runabout's going now. And he looks at Quark and threatens to come back and deal with Quark if the information is false. And he leaves. And that's the end yeah. of that scene. You know, at the very end, I think Rom and Quark share that they're worried that, you know, maybe Croton's going to tell, you know, this, uh, whatever that, his name that is. That they Akel. were in cahoots on the plan and all that. Yeah, but who cares? Who cares at that point? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't matter, and there was no payoff later. Mm -hmm. Like they're not in, they're not in jeopardy for having this, this scam, this illegal sale, or the, that there was a murder because of their plan. They're never held accountable. That's the yeah. part that just seems yeah. weird to me. Yeah. Really um, weird. And yeah. can we just talk <laughs> logistics of how does he go from Quarks and get on his ship and get to the wormhole that fast? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. the next scene in ops, I mean, so Brian can he Cisco teleport here, himself from well, maybe. to his ship? If he has a site-to-site -site transport, yes, he could. They did say that that ship is very fast. Didn't didn't yeah, Cisco did. or somebody talk about overtake, that? It would overtake they a runabout. They it in because, oh my God. Yeah. Probably. We go back to ops, and one thing I noticed, Robbie, ops being their bridge, they have much shorter scenes in ops than we had in our bridge. Oh, we spent I so feel much like time we spent, on our bridge. Yeah, we called oh, it bridge hell. And I look at, oh my God, I look We're at, at DS9 beginning. ops and I'm like, you guys are so lucky. Maybe it's just season one, but it looks like that's also, like half a day in there or even a quarter, like a, the oh, first that's what it looks setup like. of the day. It looks really quick. It does. It doesn't <laughs> that's look like what anything. it looks like. But you were there a lot? A lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously not every show, but it was huge. Yeah. It was hard to you know, shoot everything really quickly in ops was not yeah. real. Yeah, but, but imagine, Terry, if you were on our show with Robbie and I on the bridge every episode. Yeah, we were always about two or three days on the bridge. Yeah, so we're talking about yeah. 30 hours of shooting on the freaking bridge all the time, every You're episode. You're so funny. You're talking to me like I had a nine-to-five job during this time. <laughs> I know you didn't. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm no, just saying. I totally get it. But we had our own, you know, but you were also flying through space. I was living on the ship. I mean, the <laughs> station, right? Sorry. You're living on a ship. We were living on a You just called station. your station a ship. You were living on the ship. Okay. It does fly <laughs> though, which I never knew about your show until it I watched thrusters. It has yeah. We had thrusters. Wait, we just Robbie, moved really to the wormhole. Fly. It just it's moves basically, slowly. It, it moves very slowly. Yeah. Wow. And then we didn't. And then we. And then you never it. moved again. You know what I think no, about? No, then Robbie? we're in the runabouts all the time because yeah. we got to get out and go do things. Robbie, yes. the yeah. way, this is what I think of the DS9 station. It's akin to the restaurant in Atlanta at the top of the peach tree that just revolves slowly. Just that's, about, that's, that's about the speed of the DS9 station. Real. Yeah. 
slow. Yeah, there's not much. Real slow. Uh huh. So they're trying to stop the Mirador ship. It's powering up. They, you know, Akira's hailing them. You know, power down, return to the station. But of course, Akel doesn't care. Uh, it's a cool looking ship, though. I do like the, the design of that ship, the Mirador yeah. ship. Yeah, very yeah. cool. I thought the makeup was genius as well. No, the makeup the on makeup the Mirador with the necklace and stuff. Yeah, that well, was he, wild. He wasn't had a, it right through his. It was a choker. He had a choker on that went between his folds of skin on his neck. Like earrings for your neck. I thought he was a Frankenstein at first when I saw him. I was like, oh, they put a head on another body. I thought he had gills. I read something that Michael uh, Westmore had designed flaps as part of the makeup, like gills or flaps or something. Okay, okay. You said. And then Bob Blackman wanted to put a necklace on him. And then Michael Westmore and Bob Blackman sort of got into it like well if you put a necklace on it'll ruin my flaps and oh wow yeah but i want so they decided to put it underneath the flaps the flaps and build it in yeah see look at that so that's but it was a weird but they worked together great all the time imagine how much they must have talked on the phone yeah Mm -hmm. yes once we were still we were still working they were at home talking on the phone yeah (laughs) yeah about the next aliens yeah that's true all right, so Akel does not listen. He takes off. No. You see the wormhole open up, and now he's in pursuit of the runabout with Odo and Croden in it. We have a exterior um, space shot of that entire thing happening, the Mirador ship leaving, entering the wormhole in pursuit of the runabout. Croden uh, is telling Odo all of these stories about the changelings, and, and in the middle of the stories, suddenly, and Odo's fascinated, by the way. He's just like, he can't get enough of tell me more, tell me more. Yeah, and then the the runabout is shot at by this uh, yeah. Miradorn ship. Yeah, but one one important note though, Robbie, is that at the very top of this scene, it's very important. Groden says to Odo, "You're gonna save some time if you go through the vortex," because he's trying to get to his daughter right <laughs> any way that he can. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that until later. Yeah, it's a long way to go around it. You should cut through this vortex. That's yeah, and then he's like, "Aren't you curious about your people?" And starts telling him these stories, mm-hmm. trying to get him to go through the vortex. So. Then suddenly the Miradorn ship shoots at them. They want Croden. Um, Odo refuses because now he's getting information about the changelings or he right. thinks he's getting information. Yeah. Because Croden is a liar, Terry. He is lying. Like, yes, he's telling some true things, but like this is an example of he's, as Garrett said, making up stuff just to try to get to his daughter ultimately. Mm-hmm. And the Mirador ship shoots at him. Croden says that he can, um, he could get them into the vortex and, and to safety if Odo will just let him have the controls. Odo agrees and unhandcuffs him and lets him take over the ship. You didn't like that either, did you? I did not <laughs> like it. You're like you're gonna no. you're gonna ha- unhandcuff your prisoner and you're gonna let him drive your shuttle. Oh, why don't you give him a phaser while you're at it? Yeah. <laughs> I also like how aliens just like pop in and then they yeah. can fly anything that's going <laughs> exactly. on. So like, yeah, exactly. Okay. How many times They're... have you been in a, re- a Starfleet runabout? Yes. Never. Never. <laughs> okay. Croden takes them into the vortex. He lands this ship so the Mirador can't track them. Uh, yeah. The discharge. He, he talks about the discharge from their thrusters. They'll be able to track us. So we should right. land on this, mm-hmm. this thing. I like that shot, though. Did you like the shot of yeah. the actual yeah, shuttle cool. on the, yeah, on the yeah. asteroid? Yeah, it was that cool. Was cool. Okay. That was cool. Very when cool. they get hit, I lost this, when they get hit by yeah. one of the Miradorn shots, Odo says, computer, what was that? <laughs> and and the, the answer, as if he doesn't know that they just got shot. And the computer's answer is, 
a temporary loss of stability resulting from the impact of a concentrated plasma charge. It's like the most, why didn't the computer just say, uh, you know, power down, we've, we've, uh, gotten hit or something i don't know it's just, just address like... the plasma charge oh or you just gosh. took fire just you address... idiot. yeah yes <laughs> so funny it just made me laugh the exchange with the computer it felt like a joke yeah as the chief of security doesn't he know what it feels like to get hit by a would, someone else shooting at them think. he would know yes. that no he's never been in he's never been in combat before no <laughs> croden says your computer's not going to outsmart them and odo responds with the line he goes i'm a security chief not a combat pilot yeah. which oh. i thought was like classic <laughs> original series yeah i'm a doctor like, not or a... it's like bob yeah yes. Bacardo saying i'm a doctor not a nightlight whatever he yes. does oh, you wait, know his little funny the little things yeah consider yeah, the writer that is a classic yes. star trek fill and in the, the writer is the line. classic star trek yes. writer so there you go that's cool mm-hmm. there you go original series i like that we go down to the caves the tunnels uh where they've landed this uh the shuttle croton's mm-hmm. leading leading uh odo through these tunnels and well he's not really leading he's running through there yeah. and then he's odo's running. like slow down yes. what are you doing <laughs> yes. yeah odo's not having it he's not i happy. did not think he was going to pop his head back around he came he... back odo grabs him yeah and then like and... starts yelling at him <laughs> holding him against the rock accusing him of <laughs> you know, using this, tricking him. Yeah. And Croden does admit suddenly that this was all a lie. Yes, you're right. right. You're I right. was lying. Right. Mm-hmm. He says, what about the stone? What about the stone? He's like, it's Rakari merchants. They they, they, they they buy them from off-world traders. I, I don't know where yeah. they got it from. So he doesn't know anything yeah. about that at all. Yeah. No. But he does say it's a key. Yes, this is a key. And he says, it's a key to my only re- reason for living. Yeah, it's up ahead in that cavern. So we yeah. cut it up to the cavern. They come to this metal box that has some big rocks that they have to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, giant rocks. I big was like, Odo rocks. must really be strong. I told you, to he's Superman. Odo's Superman. They did a pretty good job of making it seem heavier it. than it was. Right. Yeah, selling they did. it. I'm sure that but... was a styrofoam rock, but yeah, yeah, good job. It looked. Heavy. Why weren't they both on? Why were they both pushing from the same side? Would have felt yeah, more realistic kind of to me. Two-ton rock. Yeah. Yeah, they lifted it, and then it was really hard when it went over the edge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they move these rocks off this metal box, and uh, Croton says that it's a stasis chamber, and his daughter is inside. So Odo Odo helps him uh, get the rocks off, and Croton uses that locket key to open it up and get his daughter out, and. Croton introduces his do- his daughter to Odo. You know, he tells his daughter she's he's a security officer, and his daughter is very scared. Who did she remind you of, Robbie from Voyager? I don't know who. The episode uh, where you and I are trapped in the alien prison ship, and we are basically accused of being terrorists. And the actual oh, yeah. terrorists are the open sky terrorists. It was a brother and younger sister team that were together, and it, that she reminded me of the younger sister team she was here's the thing about this actress um, she was fine yeah but croden plays like this is his whole life he gets her out and there was something kind of creepy about it like she was too old with to have all this physical like caressing and you what? know what i mean she felt like a 15 18 year old young woman he can't hug his daughter what do you mean I don't know why, why it felt creepy. It's something about it felt creepy. To me. I, I felt I felt a splash of what you're saying, Robbie. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's from my own. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's my own personal reading into things, but it just felt a yeah. little like if it was a little child, like a five year old or a six year old. All I right, could so see you're that. saying they should have cast younger. They should like, have cast yes, single I digits. I think so. Single digits, not teenagers. I think they sh yeah. it should have been a I do very, too. very young. Yes. Yeah. Six year old daughter. Yeah. You know, even like the hug when she first came out, that's like they're hugging for a long, long time. And yeah, it, yeah. I, I don't think that I wouldn't have had that reaction with my dad. Yeah. You know, yeah, but I think also how that would read in a story because I'm yeah. so tall and my dad's short might yeah. be awkward. So, yeah, yeah I how think he should dad? have been younger. He's my stepdad. Well, how he's tall my, is your stepdad? I mean, how tall is he? He's probably five eight. Oh, so you tower oh, wow. over him. Okay. Yeah, but it is kind of comical when people say, oh, I see where you got your blue eyes or I see. Oh, you look just like your mom and dad. It's like, well, uh, not well, really. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not German at all. <laughs> all right. But he does get his daughter out and yeah. is very happy to see her. Not for the sins of the father, but don't you immediately. See, it, if everything else he says is was a lie because she's there, it's like a get out of jail free car. In a way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because immediately it's we have a, a lot. Pretty simple. Yeah. So suddenly the cave is shaking and rocks are falling in the middle of them explaining this. And suddenly a giant rock hits Odo and knocks him out cold. That was a great stunt. That looks so good. good. Oh it my God. Yeah. It was good. And you couldn't tell that it was not Renee and his stunt. No, you could not. That's why I was the really overhead impressed. shot. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, really good job. I liked it. Yeah, that was good. He's knocked out. Are you right away going, oh, he's going to run without Odo? Yes. And he <laughs> well, starts he, to. No. He starts well, no, to no, run. He starts, no, but, but he starts to take him and then he lets him go and starts yes. to run, then comes back again. He does yeah. that, right? No, so but it's like, right when Odo got hit, I thought, oh. He's done. He's out of there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then when he went back and got him, can I just say this, Robbie? I totally thought of you and how we discussed... The three of us discussed when you're knocked out, but you have to help you, walk out. You can't. Yeah. Because they did that to me, right? In yes. Dax. Because so it's too difficult it be, to carry another human you being. You could that not is, carry Renee no, like that. No way. And if he was knocked out, you'd have to throw him over your shoulder, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It would be I like mean, a the fireman man is six carry. one. Yeah. He's like right. way taller than yeah. Clifty Young. And yeah. oh, yeah. At least twice his Cliff, size physically. Yeah, Cliff could not have no. carried Cliff, him. In Cliff would have had to drag him out by his, yeah. his hands or whatever. Yes. That's the only way. And the daughter would have had to help drag too. Is yes. What it in reality. I hate when somebody's supposed to be unconscious and yet they're helping walk themselves out of a set. It yeah. just, and that's exactly what happened. That's yeah. what happened. Can't you just yeah. smash well, cut? Yeah, he could have said, I'll I'll carry him out. Let's go. Go to put him over your shoulder and then cut to inside the runabout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But it's I love the first line in the runabout when Odo comes to consciousness. Croden says, you're heavier than you look. Which, it's, like, yes. it's like, uh, which yeah, is uh, dead weight is dead weight. <laughs> or Croden could have said, hey, thanks hey. for helping walk out of there when I was trying to, <laughs> when you were unconscious. Said something like that. Thanks for the help. Oh, Thanks for yeah. the assistance. Yes. Oh my God. But Odin wakes up. Odo wakes up. Uh, you said Odo, Odin. I know. The god, I did. the Norse god of. Okay, go ahead. Give oh, yeah. Maybe that's where the nice. name came from. Hey. The hmm. Interesting. Yeah, okay. Odo wakes up in the runabout, but Croden has not been able to lose the Miradorn, and Odo wants them to go into the Tomer fields. 
hoping that the Miradorn will follow them. And Croton says, well, if they fire on them in there, the whole thing will ignite. Right. And Odo's counting on that. Mm -hmm. He wants to go inside. He shuts down the engines in there and the Miradorn ship finds them and hails them, asks for Croton. Odo threatens to fire on them with all these superior Starfleet weapons. He brags about how powerful this little shuttle is, mm -hmm. trying to uh, put on a show there. But the Miradorn is not concerned about that. And Odo pilots the runabout just as the Miradorn ship fires. And there's this explosion, which Odo was counting on, that sort of shoots them out safely. Croden then asks Odo to look after his daughter, that he loves his daughter very much. That was his whole reason for living. And suddenly a Vulcan vessel is hailing them. And Odo tells them that uh, that he's beamed over two people from a damaged vessel and asks if the Vulcans could give them transport to Vulcan and take care of them. And Croden yeah. asks, how will Odo explain not returning him when he goes back to the station? And Odo says he'll say that Croden was killed by the Miradorns. While they were on the asteroid. There's also that re repetitive use of don't thank me. I already regret it by both both by both actors. Yes. Yeah. Odo yeah. says it, and so does Croden and beginning. Yeah. So there's that yeah. little device being used. But Croden does give him the locket in this scene, which I thought was very sweet. He gives mm -hmm. he puts mm -hmm. it over his neck mm -hmm. and uh then steps back and Croden takes his daughter's hand and they're beamed over to the Vulcan ship. Mm -hmm. And Odo lays in a course for DS9. And before he takes off, he says, Home, where is it? Someday we'll know. Cousin. That was sad to me. It that was to very me, that part sad. was really just sad. I just like you know, it was just wistful and sad and depressing at the end. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it leads to something else in the future. I'm sure we're going to see other shapeshifters yeah. at some point. So I thought it was that it could have been, although this was discouraging. Hmm. Really, the locket is still a little piece of hope, right? It's a yes. little piece of a cousin. It's a little. Yeah. So for me, I didn't feel quite that bad. It feels like the beginning of a journey for him. Like, hey, there's something I need to learn about. There's something I'm I'm going to have to discover. And trust your instincts. Yeah, he he yeah. calls it cousin, doesn't he? He says, someday yeah, he yeah. we'll know cousin. Yeah. yeah, and then engage. So yeah, a little bittersweet mm -hmm. there at the end. Yeah. For me, it's trust your instincts. Trust, trust your, your instincts. instincts. That's a good one. Yeah, because Quark lied and it didn't feel truthful. Yeah. Trust yeah. that. Yeah. Croton, mm -hmm. liar. He's trust a liar. I mean, maybe this is personal. I've had to learn to trust my instincts, but yeah. I really feel like I'm doing, yeah. I get it. And yeah. this episode really bothered me for how many times smart characters looked past. Yes. Their instincts yes. would have been. It seems so obvious as a viewer yeah. to see who was lying and, and why didn't the other characters see that? I just didn't buy it. No, yeah. me neither. Yeah. yeah. My theme moral lesson for this episode is that feeling connected to where we come from, from our mm. home, is gives us all comfort. <laughs> seeing seeing Odo have this beginning of this story of feeling a, a feeling of connection to a cousin, this little locket or home or his people having a name to call himself a changeling. That seemed like it gave him hope and comfort. I, I agree with you, Terry. A little yeah. more agency. 
Yeah. What about you, Garrett? It's a little bit of both of yours. I would say family first for Robbie, and then trust your instincts. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's my other one. I'm gonna agree with with uh, Terry one thousand percent because your gut always knows. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Vortex. This was a lot of fun and confusion for me, mm. but thank you for joining us. For all of our Patreon patrons, please stick around for your bonus material. And we will see you all next time. The next episode is Battle Line.